The Arts Explanatory Comma Podcast, where art meets the real world and both sides get a better understanding of the whole picture. This podcast may contain strong language and listener discretion is advised. Oh, it does look a little creepy. Yeah, but I think it's, you know, it's really good in terms of concept and how I wanted to set up. This is mom's good friend. I forgot what his name is, but they, uh, they got, they, uh, they were real cool in high school. Just went out and spent some time, ate some dinner, you know. And I really like Trinitana. This is this woman, uh, Gabrielle. She's from, uh, she lives in, in Mama's name, like around where Granny and uh, Granddad and them stay. So I like photographing her. And again, I shown like this, this little set, but it was these photographs that I really like. So that's kind of how that work is developing. And then um, this work that I'm doing now is uh, I just reshot Andrew. But this body of work is about, um, is about, I think it's increasingly starting to be about the black imagination, how we look at ourselves and what, uh, what, what we think with looking at certain gestures could be the narrative, which is like a narrative that we share. But it's also about looking at people and opening up possibilities or looking at the weight. So say for instance, in this image here, you got a person that has, I thought about the pose of a, a shotgun, but obviously I didn't want to have a prop in there, but it's about the gesture. And so this shotgun you know, turns into and this the shotgun and all the defensiveness and all the aggressiveness that comes with that. That expression is still there, but then the hands start to open, and it almost calls into. It almost looks like this calling or acceptance of something or an offering, and so we just start working with these gestures until they they fall apart. And it also asks the question of it deals with portraiture. One of the things I haven't created was yet have been um, there's this literary, uh, well, the literary portrait, which is a strong element of this as well. And that also is going to be written in a way and photographed in, on uh, on paper. And that paper will be handwritten and it will also be falling apart, uh, not physically necessarily, although I think it'll be folded. Um, but from a from a basic from a language standpoint, there's certain ideas about what a portrait is as a description of people, and it's gonna that's gonna be falling apart because it'll be a, a is it a portrait of a person? But then using words like we suggest that it's about all of us, and that's what a portrait is too. It's about likeness. Um, Cheryl West, a uh, an art historian out of Oxford talks about how likeness is a huge component, but I also subscribe to beliefs by Cynthia Freeland, who talks about 
mental state. And I believe that a portrait should be have, be full of autonomy um, for the subject, even like they should have their own mental space. And you can see ideas like that in, say, Barclay L. Hendrick's work or even very old paintings. And so thinking about the language of autonomy, the language of one's own mental space, uh, I deal with that a lot. Um, so this this work is is about all of those things is about what what people could be and what gestures could be based off of our own experience and the people's experience that sit for these photographs. Yeah. Um, and so this is a, kind of a small body of work, but it's hard to say that because it's it's kind of alive. But in my mind, it's a small body of work because it because I wanted it to be eight to 12 images. But then when I started turning into uh, thinking about how I wanted to actually visually represent the literary portrait, then it became like if it's if it's eight to 12, then now it's 16 to 24 images, which becomes a, a full size show um, and a pretty significant body of work. And I think it's relevant to the work that I'm doing and uh, kind of falls into that. So, yeah. Now, listen, before you jump in any further, yeah. can I go ahead and tell people who the hell this is talking? Thank you. Oh, yeah. I didn't Thank know you. you. Yeah. I mean, I heard you talk. About no, it. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. This is a sneak attack. It's fine. Um, so today, our special guest um, he is definitely a special guest in a different way than our other guests were special. Um, you'll figure that out in a moment. But anyway, uh, he is primarily a fine art photographer whose work deals with the topics of reflection of self, identity, and representation, all through the vehicle of portraiture. He is also an educator and has taken his fa first foray into the world of curation. Uh, when was that, last fall? Mm, yeah, I think so. Additionally, he was a large part of why I picked up the camera and also helped develop my technical knowledge until I stopped listening to him. Uh, just because uh, <laughs> uh, I'll tell everyone now, please have your thesauruses on hand for real. But I'm kind of playing, but mostly serious. Uh, but no, uh, he and I share a special kinship. And in fact, in the fact that we are kin. Uh, I would like to welcome my older brother, Anthony, Tony, Francis, to the Explanatory Comma Podcast. So uh, I'm just going to jump right in because I know that uh, we both have a penchant for talking mm -hmm. uh, quite a bit. And I don't want this to be a eight part interview that no one wants to sit through like the Kanye interview. Um, so you went from poet back in middle school high school and did that through college uh to being an english teacher um uh, to getting your master's in education which i know all of those were part of the desired career path that you had mapped out for yourself since the seventh grade <laughs> um <laughs> but what i want to ask you is what made you take the leap uh from that plan path of uh english teacher to artist and art professor well i think I don't know. I think actually it wasn't, I wish everything was planned out. And I think in hindsight, sometimes I, I have regrets 
or at least some level of, um, I guess, just wishing and hoping that things could have been different in terms of knowing what I wanted to do from the very beginning. I had, um, I, I actually just kind of not, I guess, fell back. I think about um, Wynton Marcellus, how he talks about how his father taught him never to have a fallback plan. And I was never taught that. And I, I try to teach my students that to some degree, too, is that I wanted, I, started, I started writing. And then when I talked to, I had a conversation with, with I'll just say mom, since it's both of our moms. You know? yeah. So um, I had a conversation and she was just like, you know, I think I was anxious already and I was looking for somebody to give me some direction. And of course, it's like crazy to be thinking about this in seventh grade. But I I was like, I want to, I'm thinking about being a writer, but I don't know if I'm going to make money. And she was like, I was like, I could be an English teacher because we were filling out all these aptitude tests and stuff like that. And I don't know. I, I mean, I think... I mean, you you learn from things, and I know where her advice came from. It came from almost literal hunger and making sure, or at least thoughts on hunger and making sure that her kids were taken care of. And so from there on, I got the idea of being an English teacher rather than a maker, as I call it. And that was that kind of set the path for at least thinking that I was going to be an English teacher for the foreseeable future, which is crazy when you're in seventh grade. Um, yeah. And I think about that because I know that some people always knew they wouldn't be artists or, you know, but I, I, I think there's value in having some circuitous route to where it is that you're trying to get to. I oftentimes think about my life as being a cat, being a, a character in a video game where you have to always talk for anybody that knows anything about video games, you always have to talk, talk to people um, that give you information that helps you on your journey. And I guess when you take the scenic route, there are more people that you talk to that help you on your journey. And so I, I try not to re regret for too long, but then at the same time, I think that that urgency is valuable for students it's also valuable for my children. And it's also valuable for me going forward, um, trying to think about, think in terms of more Eastern philosophy than, than Western philosophy. How do you mean? Uh, in the sense that, you know, everything is, everything is connected, everything happens for a reason. And of course you wanna control what you can control, but sometimes, especially as an artist, one of the things I talk about is you also control not to control. Yeah. You know, you control not to make a decision. That's a decision in and of itself, or at least it should be. Like the consciousness, I mean, of of play in a sense. You know, hey, I don't know what's gonna come out of this this study, but let's do it. You know, um, there'll be something valuable to come out of it, even if it's not even if it doesn't reveal itself right at this moment, you yeah. know. Um, and so you know, I went to English. I, I think I thought I was going to teach. And I mean, I, I was like, yo, this is the thing and got out of school and this was what I'm supposed to do. And, and then like that shit just did not work out. And I actually just, you know, started writing about this uh, over the last few weeks. I've been writing about what I call alignment 
and just being able to understand what your body can handle, what your soul can handle more so. Because once you realize where your soul wants to be, then I think that you you better understand what it is that you want to do. And I think one of the things I'm learning is that want is some deep ass shit. Like, you know, we yeah. always make it seem like 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 it's all about need. Well, I mean, damn, like I don't really know sometimes where those two, you know, separate themselves. You know, yeah. like if I really want something, then it become it can get to a point to where consciously looking at this it's like yo this is something i need and that's the thing about art though too is that in our society a lot of times we think that art is just something that is you know expendable when in actuality we we've always been artists i mean people have always been artists i mean picasso talks about you know the you know is the idea the idea and i'm i'm butchering this quote but just the fact that we start off as artists and the, the the challenge is remaining one, you yeah. know, and I when I look at my children, I realize sometimes, you know, the punitive measures that I exact upon them is is a way of sometimes taking away their art, you know, the art that's inside of them, you know. And so I have to kind of understand that, you know, maybe they will write on the walls or maybe they will, you know, fuck some shit up you know when i'm worried about trying to keep the house clean you know what i mean but that, but that's creative and 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 so i have to check myself a lot of times because sometimes our own insecurities limit the growth of our children and and when we say children though i mean we could be just talking about just posterity in general like the growth that is the world yeah, <laughs> you those, know those yeah. people that are coming up behind us yeah like yeah like the energy that we leave behind, I mean, that becomes, you know, what is, what is, what is my residue? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what do I leave in my wake? Like, you know, yeah. like, I mean, I think that that's something to think about. And so, um, so what made you just altogether kind of, I mean, I guess it wasn't necessarily abandoning that safety, but in a sense, it, it was like, you know, that, 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 steady teacher paycheck Mm -hmm. to being like you know what i gotta do this i gotta go because not only did you just start making more work like you had been take like uh photographing and things Mm -hmm. like that but like at at that point you decided to take it a little bit more seriously and uh like studying uh thematic series and work and things like that and then you took it a step further and decided to go to art school, which yeah. is, you know, a huge commitment. So what was it that made you feel like that's what you needed to do or that's what you really wanted to do at that time? Well, uh, you know, it's tough because people like to make it seem like, well, not people, but everybody has their, everybody has their journey. Yeah. But basically I mean, it was security, man. I mean, really, I mean, I think that there was decisions that you get to make, but at the same time, we make it seem like cats just up and, and they, they just throw everything away. Like it wasn't that yeah. I had already gone to school and I know with the education system, man, hey, if you got credentials, you can always go back. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So it well, really, I I wish it was, you know. Yeah, I mean, even if you got a year of teaching under your belt, you could find a damn job. Yeah, I, and I wish yeah. it was like, I mean, as long as you're, <laughs> you know, I mean, now you have piss tests, piss tests, but, you know, I mean, it's like, it, it's, it's, 
I mean, I don't, I don't want to make it seem like it's easy to teach, but it's like there's a shortage, you know, or and and the system, yeah, is, nah, the system teaching, kills people. You know, teaching what I'm itself isn't easy. Yeah, what's easy is getting a damn teaching job. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, know. and and that's <laughs> if your standards and if you don't understand exactly what you're getting yourself into. Because I've also learned some lessons, like you know, especially having a background in administration. You know, it's a lot of places where you just don't want to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because of administration, because of, you know, uh, course load. You know, it's yeah. just sometimes it's not sustainable. And cats wonder why, you know, teachers get the summers off. They don't get the t- summers off, man. It's like it's like the your day off after recovering from working out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's what the summer is. The summer the is summer like is a cheat day. Yeah. It the just summer, lasts a long time. Exactly. Like, like I'm trying to live. <laughs> that's what the summer is. Like, because if this shit was any shorter, like I wouldn't make it. You know what I mean? And so um, so I, I my point is, though, is that I don't want to make it seem like. Like I was just this rebel to my unto myself you know what i mean it yeah. really wasn't that i mean i had married a I, i'm you know i married a woman that's got money you know what i mean and she made the right decisions at a very early age <laughs> you know and so i had support and and that's the thing we don't understand a lot of times about making art man like making art is always a sacrifice it's always a chance that you're taking yeah um you're always dealing with the waters of the 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 rapid flowing rough waters of um you know of, of a market of 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 a river you know and so um i for me it was it was something that i wanted to do but again if you go back to seventh grade it was something that i had suppressed and thought that thought yeah. that it was a want and it, it, I, don't, I don't know if it was ever a want i, I mean yeah. even for everybody like i mean dude like when you feel in some kind of way and you got to put on some music, like that's art. That's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and so yeah. a lot of times we make it seem like, like, you know, if you, if you're a lawyer or something that you're not an artist, it's like, man, that's not true. Like all I'm doing is just, I mean, for better or worse, making, making art my job, you know, yeah. that's my gig. And, and so but I mean, even like to that point, I think one of the things I tell my students and even the people I work with that always ask me about art is simply that like those nuances that exist in whatever your professional station in life is yeah. like that's art like there's yeah. an art to everything that you do oh yeah and it's, it's, it's about decision making man like yeah. even when we talk about like cats in the white boxes and even in academia you know we teach about you know concept man a concept is an idea damn like you know what i mean like yeah. it's a, it's an idea that that dictates form and and, but it dictates the other decision another decision that you make so it's like you know when we think all right well look i'm gonna make a i'm gonna make a casserole well you know what the fuck is a casserole you know what i'm saying (laughs) like i mean you've just now created you know, I always talk about like, I mean, I still a casserole is a piece from <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> yeah, but I, I still, I, I still deal with writing. I'm really, yeah. really close to writing, and so when I, I oftentimes use the analogy of writing a sonnet because we think of sonnets as being so rigid, but giving yourself parameters. I don't it's, think of sonnets at all. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> when you, when, even when you want to write a poem, right? Yeah. Like, what you going to write a poem on? You're going to write a poem probably on some type of substrate, right? Like, yeah. I mean, a, a paper, you know, um, 
you're going to use a writing utensil. Well, you've already chosen parameters based off the idea of what a poem is. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, the fact that it is a piece of writing. And so what does writing entail? Uh, is that, uh, you know, what's the process of writing even? Like, are you writing on a computer? Or are you, you know, how are you word processing? So the thing is, is that I think in decolonizing art, we have to think about how mundane art is rather than just thinking that art takes place in a specific place in life yeah. you know what i'm saying like spaces you know not just places but spaces like art art is like the simplest shit ever and thinking about i've been reading fred martin uh the undercommons and of course he talks about regulation and policy and stuff like that just you know talking about our lives really yeah. and applying it to that well i mean shit people just trying to regulate stuff and we need to understand that like deregulation and 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 attacking policy and and just understanding that humanity is you know is 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 ever present you know it's kind of like you know uh what is it like tupac talked you know had that piece the uh rose that grew from concrete like yeah. if we just understand how persistent life is um then I think we can better understand art and our ability to make art or, or, or art's ability to make us or it's, you know, it's unrest in a sense. Yeah. Well, I like what you said about um, art being mundane because the fact of the matter is like it is mundane, but it's one of the only things that's mundane, but also reverent and and rapturous and mm -hmm. all these other spiritual things because it's like it's everywhere. But through, as you said, the colonization of art, you know what well, yeah and colonization of us like i think we got to think about that on like a, a very simple level like because we make art like art itself the idea of art being a thing is like a western way of thinking about yeah making yeah. about doing shit yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. like about yeah. living yeah and i mean that i mean that's that that's kind of what i'm thinking is like you know the colonization of art what is that exactly I'd say it's more so a stratification or a separation or a creation of classes mm -hmm. among art when the fact of the matter is that, you know, for all those people out there that are like, you know, what what exactly is art? What is fine art? What am I doing? Yeah. Man, listen, fine art is just whatever the fuck somebody calls fine art mm -hmm. because Andy Warhol is fine art, but there are certain things about it that are also just kind of like a dude doing some shit in his garage. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like it it's 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 about the context that you put it in. Art is simply like if everyone wants to go and look at their dictionary right now, art is the product of a creative activity. Mm -hmm. Anytime you do something creative, even if you're not even really thinking about that shit, it's an assignment that a teacher gives you. That's a funny definition though. Like, it is a I funny mean because definition. because then it it negates process, which is important too. I don't, like, I don't think it negates process. I think it I think it kind of simplifies it in a way that everyone can digest it. Because if we're like, well, what is art? Hmm. That's yeah. a very Well, but I'm like, just saying the idea that the finality of art being a product can limit the idea of art as a verb. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Sometimes like, the like, art is the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, I like mean, performance art. Yeah. The art is the process. Like yeah. it, it is what it is, right? But at the same time, like I think it it wraps it up neatly so that it's because my you know my thing and the whole thing with this podcast is giving it to people in a way that's not intimidating. Right. Yeah. So when you think of art as the product of a creative activity, whether it's a performance, whether it's a drawing, a painting, a photograph, whatever, like 
yeah, I it's think the product yeah. of that activity. Well, yeah, you know and I mean? think like, I mean I think basically based off of the, what we just talked about, I think it's I think we're we're more emphasizing the creative activity. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. like that. What what we're doing is is art like and and then anything could be a creative activity you know yeah. i mean i mean this conversation is a creative yeah. activity you know what i'm saying like yeah. and i think that's i think that's fine i think what stops people from jumping into the art world or even talking about art with somebody they think knows more than them mm-hmm. is the fact that if you say oh well you know yeah i like to paint at home it's mm-hmm. like yeah so what are you painting yeah are you are you an impressionist? Like, what the yeah. fuck? Like, nah, man, I paint. Like, yeah. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't necessarily need a, a, a movement to be attached to it. But that's, you know, also what we were talking about um, the other day. Like, we don't need the movements are good to know yeah. in terms of a historic thing. But today, do you need to be attached to a specific art movement? No, yeah. I don't think so. Well, I mean, I think I think when we when we look at art i'm sorry hold on one second yeah. art movements <laughs> yeah I, I like to explain these things art movements are simply periods of time and types of art that were created within a certain context of history and people um so cubism fauvism these are different types of movements um what what else the the impressionist and yeah. all that different stuff like well it's important too to understand that they didn't get names why the shit was happening yeah no nah, the shit came you know later. so it's the like it's, a, it's applied to what they were yeah. doing so there, there can definitely be some level of uh some level of contention in terms of calling yeah. somebody something especially when they straddled certain years that yeah. we say this started then yeah. and stuff like that i think Actually, I think it's I think it's interesting to think about art movements as being like groups of people involved in the culture because yeah it also talks about that's that, more succinct because thinking yeah. about that thinking about that also puts limits on the validity of movements right because yeah. I mean I mean even even now you know a definition of contemporary art is basically and roughly somebody now dealing with the historical lineage of art in general you know so like my conversation with art could deal with you know autonomy and identity from say the or at least involve the ideas of say you know the idea of black identity in the 60s right but but just the very idea of me being now and creating work that kind of speaks as enters into dialogue with that work then it becomes contemporary. It yeah. becomes something new. And yeah. that's the beautiful thing. Like, you know, and but then that's the important thing about what you're doing and, and us thinking about that is because uh because basically if you have people that understand a history, right? I mean and yeah. understand representation throughout time, then there's value placed on having more representation. And representation doesn't die out. And that's the thing I mean, that's one of the problems that I think we're running into now is that every few years, working artists and people in academia that give a fuck look back and be like, hey, man, this this representation shit hasn't gone as far as we thought it would, you know, um, yeah. you know, or, or we find how pervasive whiteness is even inside of us. And so we end up realizing, I mean, I think we're in it right now, like, man, we dealing with issues of blackness 
And we still don't know how not to be white while dealing with blackness. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, as as a as a set of things. And that's, you know, that's funny because I mean, like we we joke about certain things, but it's like even in the idea of dealing with blackness, we'll see something that you know a black person is doing. Black man, yeah. that's some white ass shit. Yeah, and it's like, is it or is it just some shit that a black person is doing that's different than yeah. what other black people are doing? Like, but it's it's difficult to separate. Well, and it's hard to deal. I mean, but. We just have to understand that, like people, many of us making work right now in America, in Western countries. I mean, and you see this even in Africa. If you're looking at shows in Africa, you're like, "Wow, this shit looks very familiar." You know what I mean? Yeah. And you you expect in a lot of different countries, not just Africa, but you know, Latin Latin countries, um, to be different, and it's not. It's just it's still. Yeah. still boxes you know what i'm saying and, and and shit on the wall you know um and i think to i guess to get back to your point about art and making art i think when you decide to make art i think it's really important for us to understand what is the desired outcome you yeah. know um what do i want to get from being an artist because really like you said that cat painting at home if he doesn't really give a fuck about selling that shit through you know, large galleries or yeah. gallery or, or any galleries, actually, like, you know, you could start. In, uh, what is that? An Etsy page, you know what I'm saying? And just sell work through there. Yeah. If that's what you want to do, then that's a different beast than really trying to play the game, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and that's what we have to understand that it but is a game. Some of these, some of these people that became wildly successful in the art world also were those cats sitting at home painting and didn't give a fuck about playing the game. Yeah. Sometimes, you know but like, I think it's important <laughs> to definitely think about like the, the corporatization of the art world and how it's always kind of been that as well. Yeah. No, nah. so, but I mean that, you know, the industry of art is completely different than the communities of art. Well, you it can saying? be, like, it can be, but some of the, some of the, it depends on kind of how we're talking about that too, because being concerned about making money, that doesn't, I mean, that's any Avenue, you know? Yeah. And so if another yeah. cat is say out, out selling, you know, or selling well, then, you know, some people get salty, you know, in, in certain places. And it's like, well, how is this person selling? I'm not selling. Um, and it, and that's when you realize it's still a business, man. And so yeah. is that what you want to play in, you know, or they're academics to where they don't have to, they don't, they're selling. I mean, they're not worried about selling. They're more worried about making and being a part of the art community for the sake of having an academic practice so their art practice is their academic practice and so there's value in that whereas selling isn't the big point it's like yo i just need a job you know what i mean yeah. and so well not i just need a job but i mean i'm still navigating that so i can't really i'm not an authority on that but i know that there are complications to being an artist and teaching to continue to be an artist but then at the same time being an artist so you continue to teach as well you know yeah. so uh and then that's a different that's a different pressure you know yeah. um well let's go back to uh well so my question is uh what was your earliest memory of art that you connected to like i want to get yeah. more into your work yeah. specifically so man what, like, i mean my work is always going to be but let's say visual art because yeah. i know you started with well that's what i was going to say but i mean but i think it's important though for me i can't really think about being an artist without thinking about writings i can't think about that's fair you know i can't because it is visual i mean even yeah. when i when i teach my students there's 
um, in high school, when I was teaching high school, exactly, right? Like metacognition is what happens in metacognition is that we we are there are visions that are triggered. Can you explain metacognition? Yeah, it's just I mean, a very simple way of thinking about metacognition is thinking about thinking. And so when you read uh, when when students are when you're teaching students how to read and to visualize, then. I mean, reading is visualization. And so we always have to understand that. If I say the color red, then you might get a different color red than I did, than I do, uh, based off of our experience. Yeah. And or, some people might get the image of something exactly. that has that color exactly. as opposed to just a block of color. Exactly. So for me, photography, especially reading psychological work from, uh, you know, modern, modern psychological work. So let's say like Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison um, or Native Son by Richard Wright. And thinking about those things, I'm visualizing and I'm visualizing what it is to be black. I'm visualizing these, you know, really what you're looking at is a picture and you're looking at metaphors. So for me, those things kind of carry forward. And when I decided to make a decision about photography, and I don't know if, if I told you the story, but it was just, I had started making photographs um, and getting into photography, but it really wasn't up until I had finished my, my master's in education administration that I was like, yo, I want to go to school. And I always just try to be forthright with my journey. And, the thing was, my wife was in the military and it, and we were in Jacksonville, North Carolina, and we had shit, you know, it, it wasn't, it ain't shit out there, you know what I'm saying? And so, like, the idea of community and the idea of doing things um, to some degree in terms of my English degree at the time, I was just like, I, I was just wanting more. And so, I had to make a decision to go forward. And first, I went and got my master's. And then I was like, well, what now? And I felt like I had fulfilled a dream. So now I wanted to do something that I wanted to do. But then that goes back to that idea like wants and needs. And so I actually made the decision between going to get an MFA in creative writing or photography. So it was really. Yeah, because you were looking at the U of H program. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, which I probably like wouldn't have gotten into. But yeah, I mean, it was. Yeah. So those things were right up until i went to school they were still pretty on uh, pretty much on the same playing same level field you know level playing field and so um so from there i just i made the decision because i had more actively been making photographs so i wanted to pursue that and I i always felt and i still do because right now i'm working on a body of work that deals with writing to where I still feel like writing is something I can continue to do like there. I mean, but that's life though, too. Like there's no shelf life on progress, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, I mean, I just want, that was something that I wanted to do. And now it's really good to be thinking about writing and actually writing. I'm even in my journals a lot more than I ever yeah. was um, now. So for me, it was just, it was, it was poetry. That was that first thing. Um, yeah. And there were visuals from reading and then, thinking about black bodies presented through not just artwork it was always for me it was specifically photography even when i was younger it was like documentary photography um and i mean we deal with that with like the history of photography anyway um 
and you know things like gordon parks that i i kind of caught wind of and stuff like that yeah. and so from there those were it was a great translation and then when you go back and you look at roy de carava and um and gordon parks they both actually had relationships with writers and so yeah. those things um even gordon parks photographed uh what is it i think he did some of the photography for um i don't know if it was like an editorial piece or something like that for the invisible man or you know or i don't know whether it was a movie at the time or something like that but um so that was there and and so it was writing a lot of times and you know we didn't we didn't grow up with money and so you know uh you had to get something through a book you know what I'm saying? Like, because the four channel, if it didn't show on the four channels of television that we had, then, you know, yeah, then you better get it from a book that just laid the foundation for things. But, you know, um, so, yeah, I think it was just poetry. It was that was what it was. And 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 namely, like the poetry of Langston Hughes and Gwendolyn Brooks um, that really are etched in my mind. Um, things that use like black dialect, which I think is really important these days, too. Um, because we find that, you know, this idea of representation now, like representation of us, representation of black yeah. culture is becoming really, really important. And those those are the things that kind of keep us keeping on. Um, yeah. I think like, yeah, that's true, because I it's so funny that one of the lines that kind of stuck in people's minds, like, well, I'm thinking, sorry, I'm, my mind's going a million different ways, yeah. but thinking about you know black dialect mm-hmm. and the way that we speak and how i feel african americans are so gifted mm-hmm. when it comes to linguistics uh <laughs> and what we've done with the english language um well we speak but, we speak we speak more than one language man we speak, you know we speak many <laughs> yeah. languages you we know? speak english but we yeah. speak like you know so many different sub languages mm-hmm. and, and and dialects within the english yeah. language that is crazy but like thinking about that, like and how that sticks with us and how, you know, when it comes to representation and how important that is, like thinking about the movie Black Panther, like, yeah, mm-hmm. for representation, like that was just dope. Right. Yeah. But like one of the lines that kind of stuck out to everybody was like the most like regular black line ever when Michael B. Jordan says to Angela Bassett's character, hey, auntie, yeah. like that's the thing that stuck in people's minds. And mm-hmm. that's because that was a very simple reflection mm-hmm. of us as African-Americans, mm-hmm. like you know the the injection of humor into a very serious situation mm-hmm. the ability to just kind of familiarize yourself that quick you know and, and i think you know when it comes to linguistics and that representation and things like that mm-hmm. in those small things like it's those small things that count um so beyond that like let's talk a little bit about the work that you're working on right now yeah. and you know the the topics and themes that you're dealing with currently yeah um well i'm still going through this i'm going through this transition actually i'm sorry before Mm -hmm. before that i think it's important because a lot of times i know i've run into this and you've run into this also where people are like oh man i could take that picture yeah why why should you know people wondering why they should buy photography or why photography is fine art and things like that Mm -hmm. can you explain a little like i have my thoughts on it um which are definitely a little bit more rough and Mm -hmm. i think less articulate uh because i'm a jerk sometimes Mm -hmm. 
but <laughs> but can you explain like the difference between the photography that we see every day that we take with our cell phone cameras mm-hmm. kind of not thinking about it and what fine art photography is <laughs> um i think it just goes back to the conversation that we had earlier or at least what we talked about in terms of art and what art is i i don't know that it's too different i mean i think i think it's about ideas and consistency um if and and the crazy thing about photography is that it's been used that way you know it's it's cats that exhibit (laughs) you know if if ronald reagan took pictures of his kids for 20 years you know what i'm saying then all of a sudden <laughs> like that's a body of work you know what i mean in Ronald photography Reagan's yeah first ex- exactly of, yeah. E- exactly yeah. <laughs> and so the thing is man is that we have to understand that art is 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 as internal as it is external and as as individual um as it's as much as an individual pursuit as it is a social pursuit and what i mean by that is that people end up taking art socially and giving it value and that's why we have to a lot of times understand the value what, of ourselves. Well, I mean, when we talk when we talk about the value of artwork, that's not what you think it is. That's a market, you know, or yeah. it's it's you know, and so somebody else really their value of our work comes into play. I'm not saying it's final, yeah, because there's some negotiation that goes on. Um and even trading artwork amongst artists is a different beast too, you know, if it does happen with some people, um, yeah. you know, but, um, I forgot my train of thought, man. Um, <laughs> but so, so what's, what's your question? Let me get it's back on track. Just, uh, you know, what the difference is. Oh, so yeah. Artists. So, I mean, I guess my point is, is that it's really hard for me to, to define what that is, and I think that definition is a problem to begin with. Um, what yeah. fine art photography? What just or just fine art, right? Like yeah. fine art. But I'm, I guess my point is, is that I think it deals with consistency. I, I believe a lot of times, like identity, is based on experience. So yeah. if you are somebody that is making work, right? If you're making anything and you're making it with an idea in mind and you're making it consistently then that's art, you know what I'm saying? And that could be fine art, you know? Yeah. Um, and then there's just that meeting somebody that, if you're trying to sell it, that's meeting the market, which is just anybody or any group of people that want to buy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like. <laughs> so, you know, um, but I think when we talk about ideas, I think really what is important for us to understand about making work in a public forum is that you lend yourself to critique, you lend yourself to appraisal. And so when, uh, say for instance, if if I wanna make fine art photography, then I'm aware of other people that have that are making fine art photography yeah. and people that have made fine art photography. And yeah. so it's just being aware of the community. You become part of a community. Yeah. You know, you used that word earlier. So I think that that's what, that's what it is, you know, is just when you talk about making art or even when you talk about opening a shop or you talk about making cookies, you know what I'm saying? Like, how are you going to learn how to make a cookie? Are you get in there and you're like, well, I'm going to put something together that I call a cookie or are you going to look at a recipe that's already been established? You know? are, exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, you know, um, 
maybe you don't i mean uh, if you're a cat that doesn't call whatever you're making cookies but it look like cookies and you just trying to come up with the idea and the form you creating the history at the same time then yo that i mean i think that's dope but you know i would probably go look for a recipe <laughs> you know yeah. what i'm saying like that's probably how i would do it you At know start with that as the base. <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean you can de- deconstruct it later but i'm saying it's value i think to i mean that's when we get to process like how, what type of artist are you because some cats do go straight in there and start banging their head against the wall to make something new you know True. um yeah and yeah. that's that's dope you know <laughs> it's dope I mean, but I'm a, I'm an anxious difficult. person by nature, so like I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to be right sometimes, you know, which is a problem, you know. Uh, so there are limits on kind of yeah. how you know. I, I think we all have our own way of processing. So you know, some people are really into creating very new things, and I'm not saying yeah. I'm not. It's just where is the newness that you're creating? I think is the question, and I deal with that same question. Yeah. Myself. All right. So, yeah. So back to the question before that question is, you know, what what are the themes that you're exploring in your work currently? What's going on with your work? Uh, So my work, it it continues. I think uh, when we think about like the uh, the like the the, like, you know, your body of work (laughs) as an artist, you know, like when you think about your body of work over time. Yeah. I think you enter into an extended dialogue with yourself as an artist. Right. And so. I think that's where I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm there. I'm still on that path. And so when I first started making work, my thesis work out of grad school was a body of work called Real Lyric. And what I wanted to do was talk about people's impact on my sense of self. Um, and basically thinking about myself and then at the same time visualizing the people that have impacted me, family, friends, and stuff like that. And so it's this idea of the social self. Um, and so not just the reflective self, which is also something I was dealing with, like when I look at myself, who am I? But then I start thinking about myself as a product, right, in a way um, of a community of people, yeah. you know, whether you're talking about family or things like that. And so um, so I, I, I was also trying to make an assertion which I think is really important. And this continues through my work. And this is kind of the big strand that happened. One, there was a certain level of compassion that was in that work. And then two, um, I wanted to create this idea of autonomy. And when I talk about autonomy, I'm just talking about being able to be separate from somebody else's influence to some degree, right? And so what I was really thinking about like, was race and art. And I was thinking about, well, how do I, how do I say, um, I'm human, right? Because that that's 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 I think the the problem with being a person that's largely, I mean, I hate these labels like minorities or whatever, but I I'm getting more comfortable with black and blackness, uh, because I realize that like blackness is a social construct, but at the same time we absorb that. It's just like the difference between saying nigger and nigger. You know, it's like there's an assertion that's placed on the confines you know it's kind of like putting graffiti on a jail cell wall you know what i'm saying and so like finding that beauty in that place that once was ugly yeah 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 making that making that a beautiful space Um, yeah so making black and blackness beautiful in spite of you know the the thoughts and and projections that have been put on black and black yeah it's like deep a a big part of that is like deep knowledge itself and what i mean by that is 
Like, um, basically, I'm not going to fucking ask you to see my humanity. I think and I think a lot of people are making work under this assumption. And I mean, assumption in in the best way, like assumption is in putting on and, and embodying who we are. And so I know I'm human. So I'm definitely not having a conversation in the same way that we had conversations about black identity in the 60s, because a lot of times it was like, yo, we human, too. Nah, fuck that. Like, I already know that. Like, I'm not going I'm not going to ask you for my humanity. So that that was a, a huge part of, OK, so now that we humans, then let's just live, you know. And so my work has really become about just living. And then what happens when we look at ourselves, which is kind of like, um, you know, the other day we were talking about uh, yesterday, I was talking about like post blackness. So I think that assumption of who my audience is having an audience that's black. And trying to increase that and so now my work is about autonomy it's about it's about um autonomy but then at the same time like the dynamism of being a human which becomes um which at times is going to be the struggle but it's going to be like the freedom in the struggle you know um and so i'm making a body of work about you know origin and um, american history um you know so my personal origin and how it comes into contact with our origin in terms of like american people and coming to grips with that and that's that has me traveling and making photographs of people in places where my mother has lived you know where our mother has lived where our mothers have lived you know and so it's like for me that's what a portrait is and since i work with portraiture then it's about whenever we look at a human being we acknowledge their humanity, even if it's hard for us to acknowledge their humanity. What we're responding to is somebody that looks like us. And so our response to a person that looks like us is our response to their humanity. Like even if we want to reject them, reject their humanity. And so that's become a really big thing. And I'm always wondering, how do I give people more autonomy in in work? Like because as a portrait photographer, there's like this po- political struggle because i'm just actually looking at this person so what happens when i look at these people what happens when when we look at people and in turn like what happens when we look at ourselves so i I deal a lot with what a portrait is um and how do we how do we upset what a portrait is how do we empower and and sometimes that shit is like ridiculous in terms of you know Sometimes it's futile in a sense, right? Because like making art is at times something that's very about very egocentric. It's very much about me and how I think, and so I'm I try to stay aware of that and to see how that influences my making of a portrait, you know. Um, And so I'm working on a body of work that actually has had many names, but right now the working title is "We All We Got," and that deals with kind of looking at portraits and thinking about portraits but then at the same time about black people looking at portraits and white people looking at portraits and people looking at portraits and so it has it's a lot of gestures and how gestures kind of fall apart and what kind of the symbolism or the semiotics of um of gesture suggest based and 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 when they meet experience and then um so with that working title how much of that was influenced by 
Nelly in the St. Louis. <laughs> um, I'm fucking with you. No, but <laughs> hey, yeah. I mean, real shit. Like, I Dirty mean, indirectly, we all we got. Yeah, <laughs> but but no, nah, I mean, the idea of we all we got is is um is definitely connected to portraiture in ways that we don't think, right? Because like when we say we, motherfuckers, I always want to know who is we. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And so that's the same thing with a portrait. When you look at a portrait, it's about likeness. But then we like whose likeness, like yeah. right? It's it's always everybody's, but then it's always very specific as well. And who made that damn portrait? You know who's look who was first looking at you, yeah. and then like now nah, I'm looking at you, and so it becomes this um this meta narrative that happens because it's now we're behind the person looking, but then even the person looking at the the sitter is still dealing with the person, the sitter, representing themselves as they see themselves. So, so it's kind of like a self-inception. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. And so um, so I think that that's the beautiful thing. Like, how do we behold ourselves? How do we look at ourselves? But then when, when I say me, it kind of goes back to the thesis, in a sense. The thesis work that I did was... Like when I say me, well, who? How the hell did you get to me? It's like not I just mean, me, yeah, it's me representing yeah. these people. It's that, a destiny. Yeah. I mean, as I've I've come to understand it, that like the destiny of um, what is it? Like the 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 fate of a people is my destiny. You know, because I bring with me everybody yeah. that was not just before me, but who the hell is with me? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, um. A lot of times what I'm I'm thinking about as a as a as an artist within blackness is I'm thinking, well, damn, man, like it's going to be people that don't necessarily think they like me looking at work that I did. Um, and so they need to understand and I need to understand. And we all need to understand that, that we connected, but not falling into some slippery slope of all lives matter, you know, <laughs> but. Yeah. I mean, we all ain't the same, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But even like, but it's the idea that if if shit falls apart, then a lot of times it's falling apart based on the experiences of our misunderstanding. You know what I'm saying? Well, I like the idea of we being all of us based on like, I don't know if I got this from you directly yeah. or if it was something like that you said that kind of brought me to this place of thinking about it. But I think you were talking to me about Roy Dacre Robbins' work mm -hmm. and the fact that he almost exclusively shot black people, mm -hmm. right? And then the idea of making so many portraits of black people that that becomes a representation of the universal oh, me yeah. or me, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So instead of whiteness being the, the baseline mm -hmm. for an image of a person or yeah. a human, right? It becomes blackness. Yeah. Or even more broad than that, any picture of any person can become we. Yeah. You know, because we are universal. We're more alike than we are different yeah. in a lot of aspects. Right? Yeah. But I think also we have to understand how significant those differences are. You know what oh, I'm yeah. saying? And so yeah. it's like, but, but what what makes us, what the value of kind of like the differences being kind of like a jumping off spot is that the differences can be vast but the the sameness is is just as vast as well and there's no escaping yeah. either one you know and then the more shit that we do that's specific to us then the more we are more representative of humanity because like humanity is so vast so it's like no matter what we do we can't run from it 
and that's the thing too like and being being a black person you realize that like you gotta laugh i mean that's kind of where the tragic comedy of it all comes from you know it's like this shit is is bluesy and it's painful but you gotta laugh at this shit because this shit is a joke though like yeah. you know what i'm saying but like, you also have to appreciate it because it's the shit that molds you yeah you know i mean like, yeah you do uh but but you know not appreciation like not appreciation for like I a love life being that poor. Like, yeah, not like that it, kind of shit. And nah. that's the thing, like right, like it's just like a motherfucker that beat your ass, and you learn how to throw them hands because because they were beating your ass. Like you don't go back and be like, hey man, thanks for making me hard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like you know, like fuck you still, but you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> but I responded to that shit in a good way. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate that yeah. you hate my ass. Yeah, like, nah, exactly, it's not that shit. Yeah. exactly. So you know, it's uh, so we we do we uh, but we we aren't just our struggles either i mean in that and, nah. and in the sense like you know you making a podcast about art is is crazy as shit because it, it kind of speaks about just even our ancestors and what they did to get us to the point to where like yo like we making art like 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 not only that but shit we playing a, a game that like after after it's all said and done it is a game and it's like you know not that we shouldn't have been here but like, yo, man, like we are on people's backs right now. We step on bones every day. You know what I mean? Like we are the pavement <laughs> is death. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like real talk. And so um, so just understanding that is 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 heavy. And I don't think it's a burden, but like our freedoms are always one, you know, whether it be our, us overcoming our any internal struggles but even being able to have that time to think about our internal struggles is the fact that like, damn, mom kept the lights on, you know what I'm saying? And and then the ancestors, you know, persevered in order to get us there, you know, um, you know, and so, so I'm always, I'm always trying to think about that. But my point is, is that we don't, people struggled so that we won't be our struggle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like my kids are not going to be my struggles because I'm working hard as hell to make sure that they can't, that they see more than that struggle. And, and at times we have to understand that progress sometimes looks like motherfuckers forgot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but that's that, but, and that might be beautiful though, right? Because it's like, that's privilege. This, yeah. Like, that's privilege. But, and like, exactly. <laughs> right. Like, so that's the, that's that dope shit. And I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not endorsing us forgetting where we come from no but what i'm saying is is that being able to not think about the struggle is just as black <laughs> you know what i'm saying if not the blackest goddamn thing that we can do in a sense because if if we have endured as a people as as you know american black heritage of perseverance is a part of us if we at times can just worry about like just chilling, you know what I'm saying? And what we gonna eat today? Yeah. Not 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 am not I gonna eat, that. but what that. I'm gonna eat. You not know what I'm saying? That. Like, not not even that worry, but like get to a point of privilege where it's like, I don't have to worry about what I what I'm gonna eat either. Yeah. I'm exactly. worried about the ambiance of the place it, where it, I'm gonna eat. It, like, I'm saying for real. <laughs> like so so the fact that like I mean, so that's what I'm saying is that like, yo, like and that's the whole idea about like post blackness in a sense, right? Post blackness is entering into a conversation with black people and talking about the nuances of being black and being able to be there means some real ass shit. Like, I mean, so, like, like that happiness that you cry because of, you know what I mean? Like that's the blues that we live because we know. And so like, like, like understanding your, your, 
personal journeys lineage. So exactly. For us, it's like the idea of going from, you know, eating the food that's provided to us out of the, the, the government box, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? The big ass cheese in the can or the peanut butter in yeah. the white nondescript can to, you know, yesterday you ask your daughter, where's the vegan butter? Like, yeah. what the fuck is that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's post blackness. Yeah. And, and, yeah. You know, and I, hey, but I the like consciousness is always, terms. yeah, consciousness yeah, like, is always a point of that, though. <laughs> like, I mean, we talked about metacognition, meta narratives, we talk about all this shit, but that's what it is. It's being conscious of where we are, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But then even being able to slip into unconsciousness, blissfulness, yeah. is to suggest that like people died for that. And I'm not saying yeah. that like every time we smile, we gotta cry. But yeah. it's like but but, but in remi- a sense, yeah. like not for like you said, not forgetting those yeah, things, like yeah. being conscious of that. Like like I the think, moment that I think about after I was not thinking, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Is like yeah. is is a poignant is is a a somber yeah. moment is thinking like whoa man like that was good and i wasn't thinking about shit but the lake you yeah. know what i'm saying i think for us though like just you know as a family it's like we we do that shit in a different way like we're yeah. always laughing at the shit right so yeah i think we had a me you andrew and scoob had a conversation where i was like yeah you know we waiting for the cleaning lady yeah. to leave Man, she be taking a long ass time, and being able to complain about, yeah. you know, how long it's taking for somebody else to yeah. clean your damn house, as opposed to being like, man, my mama got me scrubbing the floor. Yeah. Like it's a different, it's a different thing. But understanding like everything that's going on in between that time to get you from point A, yeah, I to mean, point and B. it's crazy too because one of the things that I, you know, it's it's hard to deal with, like to to reconcile like are we talking about like ha- like does happiness or contentment exist outside of the realm of you know capitalism in a sense and I, I think it does it's hard in america for sure um it's hard in this world for sure since there's value placed on everything and um a monetary value placed on everything um but i mean i guess that's that you know what i think about too is just like we like the str- not struggling or even the struggle those things are so dynamic and overlapping um that you know i i'd like to think that that you know us kind of coming up so to speak through education and through like you know and and that kind of bringing in a means you know i mean a means of living in terms of monetary um and and real talk like i mean i don't make any money you know i'm married up you know what i'm saying and so like in a sense i think the communities that come together i think that that's that's a huge thing too um i mean i don't want to diverge too much but i think you know i'm just i just started thinking about kind of like you know tyra my we wife already diverged well, yeah i know but i'm just saying <laughs> like with tyra coming from a specific family yeah. and me coming you know us coming from poor families it's crazy to think that you could be with somebody and basically two communities come together and it's like when we look at other countries where this is still a very big thing like you know like there's an exchange with cattle for women you know what i'm saying for wives you know it's kind of it's very similar to yeah. that in the sense that you have two families come together that have different experiences different lineage and um and so i guess i'm just kind of like I'm just riffing on thinking about how, like, I know we more than money. I know that we are more than that. But at the same time, like in this society, being able to 
And it's still a huge gap, but being able to be people that compete, I guess, you know, because we could easily not be competing. Um, and there are other people, too, that are not competing well, even though they have, say, shit, white privilege, you know. I mean, that's what a lot of this political stuff is based off of, is like getting white people to forget the shit that they're going through and blame that on yeah. other people. Because, it's, 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 you know, when we lived in North Carolina, it was people that were struggling, you know. I mean, there was a lot of white people. There was, there was a lot of white people that were illiterate and, and poor. Um, people that we don't even think exist with being black people that live in the city. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, but this shit is real. Like, you know. Um, and so what does that mean in terms of, like, our line of living? Do those people not exist? Um, and I think that that's part of the struggle, too. Keeping your humanity throughout these different systems, you know, yeah. that that will even make you want to lose your humanity. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, shit, like, I just want to make money and, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, if, if that's what you're absorbing, then there's a certain humanity that you sacrifice for that. So yeah. just always being able to be aware of that. No, <laughs> it's so funny because like you know, I have all these questions that are like these yeah. formal questions that you well, know, Raquel and I generally like go through, and it's like you answer so many of them, and I'm like, so hell, what the hell do I ask now? But no, um, so just speak sticking with the topic of your work, mm -hmm. um. I'm not going to ask you, do you consider your work political? Because I'm sure you do. Like, well, yeah, but, you know, you know but I, I I, think that's a good question, though, because so when I, I started spending some time with this, because I over the last few years, you know, I mean, with the Trump presidency and everything, you know, and people going ape shit thinking that like this shit is new, like, you know, um, <laughs> especially being in academia and, and having a lot of friends that are that are, you know, history uh, uh, li li yeah, yeah but but liberals right yeah. like i mean like because i have a problem with all of these damn terms like you know because not just not the terms themselves but what the terms come to mean and then what we think that they mean right like you think that somebody's an ally because they you know because they they voted for obama you know what i'm saying like that shit does not apply like you know what I'm third time exactly. if I could. <laughs> yeah um exactly uh <laughs> which is funny when you think about america and all of its rules so a motherfucker saying that they would vote for obama for a third is kind of like anti-american like you know what i'm saying like <laughs> but the underlying of that shit is that's a nigger I love. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He's 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 not just one of the good ones, but he's black Jesus. You know what yeah, I'm saying? He yeah. is the best. You know, he's the best black person I've yeah. ever met. I mean, which which, you know, we lose all nuance because of the racial system here, man. But yeah. no, nah, but anyway, in terms of politics though, one of the things that I, I came to understand uh about politics is like we usurp words. Um words are usurped, words are taken and hijacked. And then we don't even think about the nuance of them. Politics is power. It's about power. It's about struggle. Yeah. That's all it is. So when we think about like governmental issues, we also just have to think about power shit. There's, there's power issues in our relationships that we have with everybody. Right. Yeah. And so I, my work is political, but it's political. It's more political about in terms of thinking about power rather than is thinking about what's yeah. going on in the government. And so yeah. I think that it's really important, you know, cause we deal with identity politics. We deal with, we, I, I deal a lot with the politics of a photograph. Um, you yeah. know, who's existing in the frame and how is the frame constraining and how even, even 
the abbreviation or breaching the frame itself as a place um, suggests that a person breaking out of the frame of a photograph is also asserting their their freedom. Yeah. You know, so a person that that is in a photograph and breaching the frame is speaking to their worldly freedom. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I I'm thinking all I'm, I think all the time about politics. I mean, that's why I, I'm just really, not necessarily in a exactly. Sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Like I'm thinking about I'm, when I when I think about autonomy, that's what autonomy is. Autonomy is 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 fighting against the pressure to succumb to pressure you know yeah. what i'm saying like like and so staving off the exactly. status quo or norm yeah. in order to be able to govern exactly to, a, a person to be in their own mental state you yeah. know um uh i i think about that a lot I, i've been influenced by a lot of painters that have one way or another created space mental space yeah um of sitters of black people you know whether we're talking about like basquiat or we're talking about you know, definitely Barkley L. Hendricks, who I'm like, you know, but even Crazy. even even Carrie James Marshall in in being able to um create a form in blackness, right? Taking the form of blackness. It's yeah. like it's almost like Carrie James Marshall took the word nigga and made paintings about the evolution of the word nigga. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like that's basically what what his how his work comes to me because it's like, yo, like a lot of times fuck we we scared of the color black <laughs> you know what i'm saying i mean which is technically like is that a color you know i mean if yeah. we start having conversations about art but art forms but that's a discussion of color theory for those <laughs> that understand yeah. is black a color yeah or is white a color yeah I mean, that's um, a whole nother thing but yeah. exactly but <laughs> but the semiotics right all of the symbolism that is attached to blackness visually becomes really important and so carrie james marshall kind of suggested that and dealt with that in a sense because yeah. that's what it ended up being like i mean that's what his work continues to be um although like you know he deep in the game you know what i'm saying yeah. i mean you know so uh so yeah man it's uh so i mean my work is political it is political but yeah. it's this it gets tricky sometimes thinking about what politics is because how broadly we brush the like we don't think about what that means outside of our government yeah i mean Again, language is one of those things that, like, it's beautiful, it's colorful, but we simplify it in order to more easily understand things. And that makes, that creates its own confusion, which is kind of funny. Like, yeah. you're simplifying a word to make things, you know, fall into these categories, but then in the same way you convolute shit. Too. Yeah. Well, politics, too, if we call it politics, it also, we also take the nuance out of it and humanity out of it. But if we talk about power, then yeah. then all of us are convicted yeah, you know what yeah, i'm saying like yeah. like shit like i go pump gas like i mean that's power you know what i'm saying yeah. and that's dealing with like a whole slew of Some you know global shit, yeah. issues you know what i mean and so i think sometimes like people that even feel like they they are definitely entrenched in the struggle use words that really um you know, sterilize them so that we don't have to think, yeah. you know. Um, and so politics is one of those things, because like when we talking about black bodies, then that's what we talking about. When we yeah. talking about black bodies in the street, when we talking about black bodies in art, I mean, that's what we talking about power. Who has the power to put 
black bodies in specific places or stop them from being in certain places. I mean, yeah. that's an art conversation, but that's an ontological conversation. That's just about our a, being. A what conversation? <laughs> an ontological conversation, which is just the nature of being, right? Like existence, you know? Oh, so I, when we. I heard oncology. No, no. That's uh, something else. Like yeah, that's, that's being, but that's like, you know, that's struggling <laughs> like a motherfucker to be, you know what I'm saying? Or, uh, yeah. Yeah, oncology. I told y'all to have your damn thesauruses yeah. ready. Yeah, on, on, <laughs> on, oncological, you know, what I'm saying? versus like ontological is, uh, hey, yeah, I mean, yeah, that is about being, you know, yeah. it's about existence, it's right? Trying, trying to remain here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let me ask you this: How concerned are you with uh, people's opinions of your work uh, in terms of? I think like, in in any way you can think of it, like, man. I I think every artist that I run into, uh, I think well. To more or less <laughs> lesser degrees, I think um, I I think I'm worried about it, but I don't know. If one, there's a certain freedom that I have with being an academic right now, and so I want my work to grow. And I think I also have confidence in my own ability to edit myself. Um, and so. If it's not good to me, then I ain't even gonna bring it to you. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not even gonna let you see it. Like don't, nah, bro. Like I ain't working on nothing if it's not good. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. to me, um, and unfortunately, like sometimes when you start releasing work, you you lose control over it. You know, so like once I let you see something, then you start formulating your opinions on it, and it and it, yeah. it it's some. It, it's not that it stops being what I want it to be, but there's so many different pressures. And so I, I I worry about it, but I also, one of the things, one of the privileged things that I've had to, I guess, um, one of the privileges of being an artist and getting into art the way that I did is that I always say to myself, man, I can go do some other shit if I'm going to fake the funk. Yeah, You know, I can go make more money <laughs> right now doing something besides making art if I'm just out here to to make other people happy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so really built into my duty as an artist is my ability to make good shit unto myself. You yeah. know what I'm saying? For myself. Um, that autonomy. Right? Yeah, right? Like, I mean... Because yeah. if if I and we talked about that early on when we were, you know, both starting to make seriously um that artistic integrity, right? Like knowing what you're trying to do and whether or not you achieve yeah. that. And I still use that term for my students, you know, like you know what you're trying to do. Are you doing that? Like yeah. to be able to ask yourself that question and maybe the that question, and maybe you do need to get a second opinion of somebody that you trust afterwards, but first did you edit did you did you achieve your goals um yeah like from the onset like did I you mean, either check yeah. the boxes that you wanted to check or did it evolve in a way that you're pleased with yeah like, exactly you know I mean? like i mean because i think you have to have a strong opinion of your work before you let anybody else see it because because once they see it again they're going to start to apply other things to it and so it's it's great to say to be asked do you I, I call it kind of like visual eloquence in a sense right like are you um are you saying what you mean to say as well as you can say it yeah. right um and if you're not then that's your first 
it's good for somebody else to ask you that because maybe you feel like you're doing well and then maybe they need to challenge you and even if they give you some some whack shit then you get your that's that idea like you can make a decision to change it or make a decision not to change it based off of the other information that you get and that's again that's just furthering the process of making art you know what i'm saying making sure that you stick with that yeah. no matter what it is like that you're convicted in that like oh damn i get shit looking at it mm-hmm. yeah okay the, yeah. the advice they gave me is is real or being like uh, a concept that you and i talked about that i love you but fuck you. yeah like, you know what i'm saying oh yeah i appreciate you taking your time to look at this yeah. shit you're wrong fuck yeah that. i ain't changing nothing. and it's not like, aggressive <laughs> it's just like just fuck that like you know yeah, what i'm saying like like, like Nah, I mean, you just I don't you, get it. Like, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but but that's the thing. That's one of the beautiful things I like about, like, say, academic writing, right? Like, you can get mad as hell over an idea that another motherfucker has. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you can beat the hell out that idea. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can I can stab the shit out that idea. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because it's just it's just an idea. It's not that person. And so yeah. being able to detach that, you know, and, and it's funny because a lot of that is steeped in experience. So it is what that person's journey has been. Yeah. But it is like very much like, nah, like, fuck that shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't agree with that. And and you run into that, like people that come from older schools, um, yeah. uh, older scholarship, you know, they they have this marriage, this relationship with an idea or they haven't furthered ideas. You yeah. know, sometimes people start to stagnate after a few years or whatever, you know. Um, yeah. And so. That's why, I mean, the community becomes really important on that too. Like, yeah, you know, that's true. Um, that's true. you know, being a part of people that are making work and continuing to make work and continuing to just absorb other ideas and enter into dialogue with other ideas, I think is, is really important, especially for me. Like I'm a, you know, I'm not a young cat, but I'm young and making work. Um, yeah. you know, I'm within 10 years of even creating work, you yeah. know? And so, um, so it, it, it's changed over time, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So um i mean it's changed but then i've also come to understand like yo like i mean it's 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 70 80 90 year old artists out there you know what i'm saying like you it's, know it's 65 year old year olds that's just taking yeah, the first painting word. class you know and but saying? then they have to ask like, themselves too like you have to continually ask yourself like what is my goal with this work yeah, like you know what i'm saying yeah. and and that affects because it's some people out there that makes dope ass shit that's just crazy like um you know, I mean, even like um, lately uh, in Artsy or whatever and, and other forums, um, Henry Taylor has been killing the game as a, as a black painter. And um, and I met him when he was in residency down here. And I mean, just to meet this dude, dude is crazy as shit. Like, I mean, like he yeah. a cool ass dude, but like, you know, smoke something, drink something, you know, like, you know, we talked about painting and shit like that. And and influences and he was just like dude like i mean he was just he was he was just like dude was my uncle you know what i'm saying like that's kind of how i ran into it i was just like that's one of the things that you know during the conversation that raquel and i had with rebea yeah that's one of the things that we talked about just we need people to understand people that are interested in collecting artwork or wanting to know more about an artist yeah like reach out to the artist yeah. because we're just people, and they might be like, dicks. Like I mean, they, but, they people, dicks, but, people but people, but people are dicks. dicks. <laughs> people are people. Like yeah. some people gonna be cool and yeah. shit. Some people gonna be trash. Well, that's just but the person being alive. Yeah. People, like Word. you know, what I'm saying. So reach out to these yeah. artists, like you know, it, it, like like he was cool. Like I mean, he was he was crazy cool. Like he was like, yo, you come out to L.A. or whatever. Now, granted, 
if you know anything about Henry Taylor, like, I mean, and, and we ain't just boys or nothing, but I was just impressed by, uh, for one thing, like San Antonio just doesn't have the most black people. I told y'all already, we like seven to eight percent, uh, black and, um, that's seven or eight, not yeah. 78. Yeah. Seven or eight percent. Yeah. And so, so to have, like, I think at the time Art Pace brought in a residency, um, a group of residents that I think at that time they were all black and that was kind of a big deal. And so just looking at, uh, it was autumn night. It was Henry Taylor and it was another cat from, uh, I think Columbia. And that, that impacted me because the dude from Columbia, I forget what his name is. And you could probably go back and look at art pace and see who, who the guy I'm speaking of was, but I was impressed by him too. Cause he, he felt like he failed, you know, because these residencies only have a certain amount of time yeah. to make a body of work. And he felt he did this piece where he was taking like a he was talk, having this political conversation about workers and stuff like that. And. um, And he was driving his truck. <laughs> they got this truck for him to drive Um, that this truck, like, you know, Toyota says that they're made in America. Right. But they're like a Japanese, Japanese country. Truck. But they're like, you know, making yeah. Tundra trucks in in uh in the region uh and so i guess he just felt like it didn't go well and i was just so impressed on that stage at a residency uh of that caliber to where a cat was like yo i think i failed um that shit touched me deeply you know because it almost gave me permission to be like hey man i mean i fucked up and i just told y'all you know what i'm saying um I I just felt like that was just some heavy shit, and it was it was beautiful to me, um, beautiful and painful, um, and I was filled with admiration for him. But it was just like it was three people of color. But and, I feel like that's part of artistic integrity, also. No, definitely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And not only that, like if you really want to get into it, we start talking about like art history and shit like that. Like, yeah. I get the MFA in Houston. There's a, I want to say it's either Manet or Monet piece that's unfinished. Yeah. And he didn't finish the shit because he didn't like it. Yeah. And it's hanging on the wall of a museum. Yeah. Like, you know, but the funny thing is when you're in school and you're having a crit, you're not supposed to say anything negative about your own shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But like when you graduate from that, it's like, man, say that See, shit and because some, other and, people are going to be like, and eh, whoever instructed that, yeah. like, I just don't agree with that idea because my, my, what I worry about a lot of times with my students is what is their practice going to be like when they get out of school? Like, how are they going to be investigating yeah. themselves and yeah. editing themselves and questioning themselves? And if you can't say I fucked up to you, yeah. then are you saying I fucked up to myself? Yeah, you know I what I'm saying? I think like what I do with my students in those situations, like, don't say I don't tell them not to say anything negative about their work. I'm like, don't say anything negative about your work without saying how you can fix it. Yeah. Like, be part of your no, own definitely. solution. Like, if you say I don't like the way this looks, why don't you like the yeah. way it looks? What could you have done better? Well, and, you and, know what I'm saying? Like, and with students, it's hard too because they're like, ah, I didn't do a good job, and you're like, why? And they're like, ah, because I spent two minutes on it. And I'm like, well, mother, you know, but that's like, that's important too because that, that time, is time is an important thing, but. In it art, is it's flexible, right? Because yeah. sometimes we overwork shit. You know what I'm saying? Well, and sometimes yeah. we underwork shit. So it's like you got to find that sweet spot. And sometimes you can snap a quick picture. You know what I'm saying? And be like, damn, that shit's actually dope as hell. Or you can snap a quick picture and be like, fuck, I should have well, yeah, thought about my yeah. composition a little bit more. So it's, you know, it, it, it's all about, you know, figuring out 
what again, like you said, what what were you trying to do? What were your intentions? Yeah, you know what I'm saying it's, what it's were you conceptual. Trying to make happen, so we make like it that. seem yeah. like conceptual work is something that like is so lofty. No, like conceptual work is when you are are basically driven by an idea, and you're yeah. you know you're basically form is serving that concept, and you know, I, I mean, I, I think that it's really important for for students to to understand those methods of working so that they can bring it with them. I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying in, in terms of um, artists. I mean, well, especially young artists. And I mean, I don't even know what the hell young artists is, but basically cats that feel like they're going to school to learn something or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess that not being content though with not doing the work is kind of like a pet peeve that I, I mean, not a pet peeve, but, something that I encourage students to do. So yeah, you want to be conscious. And we talked about consciousness and that is a recurring theme, but we want them to also challenge that practice that's lackluster. You know what I mean? And so like, if, if you can tell me that you didn't do your best for, that's really like, you know, whatever the best is or whatever. But if you can tell me that you didn't put forth a, you know, valiant. Yeah, exactly. Then, if you if like you said again if you don't have an idea of how to improve upon that then i don't think that that was constructive either you yeah, know what i'm saying like yeah. so if it's, it's just about moving forward yeah. and, and getting better in your practice so yeah like i mean i you know i don't care whether you're saying something good or bad about yourself i mean whatever those things are but i just need you to i just need you to be getting better every day yeah, like you like know what i'm saying like a half a percent is still exactly. improvement you know what i mean i fail every day man and i mean i'm always doing something that i could be doing better and i think yeah. just knowing that and getting better every day a little bit even if it's a little bit um is what it's about you yeah. know i mean and, and maybe that's maybe that's just life that's life in art you know what i mean and so yeah it just is what it is so still talking about your work i think Y'all, this might end up being a um uh, a two part episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, yeah, we're at an hour and a half, and oh, I still okay. got a few questions to yeah. ask. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, like, well, I, these next few, I know maybe we're, you know, I'm trying to be as succinct <laughs> as possible. Oh, yeah, but what does that mean? Yeah, in, I, in this particular family, I think I was born as like really 60, mean, like, so I always like got to put my hand in my pants and like you know lean back before I answer well, a question. <laughs> it was 19 yeah. yeah. like that kind of shit. Yeah. I mean, the funny thing is, like, and, and this is just kind of a brother thing, but it's yeah. funny, like, sitting here and listening to you talk is kind of like sitting here and talking to Papa, like, yeah. back in the day when, <laughs> when he was definitely, like, ready to talk your ear off, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Papa, what you, what made you want to be a globe trotter? <laughs> well, I mean, there was this one girl. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, <laughs> exactly. uh, shit, I mean, like, <laughs> it's kind of funny. But anyway, um, so... Has there been a topic that you've thought about engaging in with your work that has been difficult? I know for me, I actually have decided to kind of get over that hump and like the biggest, like even though I've done a couple of drawings and stuff like that, that you guys have seen, Mm -hmm. um, I think one of the biggest topics for me to breach is like dealing with Mike. Mm -hmm. Um, For those of y'all that don't know, Mike is our oldest brother who Mm -hmm. uh, passed back in 2008. Mm-hmm. um who was the in my mind the artist mm-hmm. <laughs> of the family like he 
churned out a lot of great pieces that you know we probably need to show the world at some point yeah. um but like for me like talking about those topics mm-hmm. and i guess his impact on our family and just thinking about those things or thinking about the family's impact on him more so yeah which is some whole other shit um but you know that's a difficult topic for me to breach so mm-hmm. what what is that difficult topic for you mm-hmm. or is there one I don't think this is. Imp- I, I don't think I have hard topics per se, but one of the things that that I really deal with, uh, I guess, what you're asking is kind of like artist problems in a sense, yeah. right? Like, I mean, sometimes they are personal, um, but I guess too is that because of having written and also taught writing, a lot of times we're dealing with the distillation of a problem, right? Like we're trying to break it down and and um get to what the real issue is and so for me i think the pressure is to truly let work go through me because what i find especially in photography um is that a lot of times photography is is used as a a a tool for documentation right and 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 that's fine but what bothers me is when work is just if it's functioning as a it's just it's it's functioning as a document that is more factual than it is expressive and so what i'm what i always try to do is to express myself through art and so say for instance like the idea with mike that you were just talking about if i was a to approach that one of my big concerns would just be making sure that it goes through me in a way that's authentic. You know what I'm saying? And so if there's something, you know, uh, you mean the, the way in which you're processing. Yeah, exactly. Cause sometimes like I think that it's not that the idea that an artist has is bad. I just think it's the, it's the way that it goes through them. Like it's half baked. Like you're trying to tell somebody something instead of showing them or that like, like I, I, I kind of get that, but in my mind, it's like the idea goes through them in a way that it's like it's been it's been filtered for, uh, for the viewing audience yeah. as opposed to view being filtered yeah, and that would exactly, yeah. and that wouldn't be authentic. So that yeah, that's yeah, another yeah. issue that people come into. So I think it's a it's a place of arrival that you're trying to get to, um, a place where you're like, okay, so. The way that this went through me is is pure, is is true to me, and I think that that makes good shit. And I think when people start trying to tell you something, um, rather than showing you how they feel as a result of an event, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like that is yeah. what's important. I'm I'm thinking like I'm thinking in a sense about like the symbolistic. Um, work of say Frida Kahlo right like she was just yeah. like like fuck what you care or like how you feel about her work but she was just raw you know what I'm saying yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. I mean and which I know is not a that yeah. was that's not an artistic term you know what I'm saying I mean, it ain't you know, gotta be it ain't but, gotta it, be but it's just understand that. <laughs> but it's just the fact that like you know this bird is actually some other shit you know what I'm saying yeah. and this this dead deer is some other shit you know yeah. what I'm saying and so that like creating symbols personal symbols is putting something through the filter of yourself yeah. and so yeah. for me i'm here to express myself 
And so no matter what I'm dealing with, whether I'm dealing with police brutality or I'm dealing with, you know, uh, I'm dealing with origin that I'm dealing with now, like it has to go through my own expressive filters to where you get how I'm feeling. Yeah. You know, it's like when we say when, when we say around the way, like. You feel me, <laughs> you know, what I'm yeah. saying like like, you know, what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying, like all of those things are. Or are basically those are checks for are we family? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, do you do you do you see? Do you feel yeah. what I'm saying? Like, or like, like education? Yeah, it's checking for understanding. Yeah, like. exactly. <laughs> but it, but it's even more than that. It's 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 empathetic. It's about yeah. empathy. It's like, yo, am I am I saying this right? Yeah. Like, am I? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, or not? Am I saying this right? Am I saying this in a way that you really understand exactly. where I'm right? coming I mean, from and that we're we're forming a, a, a symbiotic connection and like taking something yeah. away from this. Yeah. Yeah. And and so that's the whole thing that goes back to the idea about like humanity. Like the yeah. only way that I can get you to understand humanity is to kind of like, is to be human, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so yeah. like, you know, uh, which in, which kind of ends up being me being me, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So I'm already human motherfucker. So I ain't about to sit yeah. up here and tell you that I'm human. So and I'm just go, about to yeah, do my shit. That you know goes what I'm back. To what we were talking about in the very beginning, like in terms of, um, well, you just said it. Like yeah. I'm not, I don't have to get you to validate my exactly. humanity. I know that I'm human, right? Yeah. And understanding that dynamism and understanding that the most dynamic shit about black people is that we're regular fucking people. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like we're just human. You know yeah, what I'm saying? But yeah. we, we, we're black, and that blackness has become yeah. a structure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like because you know, I um. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I tried to write on that, and that that was something that I was thinking about too. Like, just blackness is a structure, and so blackness is not a thing, but blackness is a created thing. So things have happened within blackness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's kind of like it doesn't exist, but it, it's very real. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And, and so, trying to get everything to filter down through that, exactly. To where it, the the product and the output is something that is of whatever that topic yeah. is, and of you authentically yeah together in one product well yeah. see and this is it's, it's so beautiful having conversations because like like the connections that are being made so the thing is is that blackness like humanity is something that has happened to us yeah you see what i'm saying and yeah because so, before so, that we were just people. right like we right like, organisms but but yeah and and so we had no control over being human or being black yeah but the shit that we did while being human and being black is our doing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. How we responded to a life that has been put upon us. And so I think it's, it's so for me, I'm just like, yo, I'm assuming humanity. I'm assuming blackness and I'm, you know, I'm conscious while I'm here. So the shit yeah. that's made in there is just relevant because it wouldn't be other way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, what is a, what is a goddamn cookie cutter <laughs> you know what i'm saying like like it's still a sugar cookie but it's shaped like something which is a horrible analogy but i'm just saying like <laughs> like it's the same it's it's some the the shape of it somehow is significant yeah and I want you know, it's, it might not change the taste. Nigga, it's the same shit. Exactly. Like <laughs> my kids would, would really respond to like a specific shaped yes. cookie, even yes. though the material is the same. Yes. And that's the same thing with like blackness. It becomes important because there's a form and there's culture that's taking place within blackness. Um and somehow this like it's crazy thinking about authenticity and how we got here. But the point is, is that like, <laughs> you know, is basically that's what I'm talking about. Like I'm trying to express 
And I think yeah. that if I'm if I'm telling you something and it hasn't been fully um filtered and distilled into who I am and it and it's not indicative of all of that experience, then I'm 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 bullshitting or you know, I'm well, playing then, with it. But then the 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 time aspect of that is interesting too because you're distilling it down into who you are now. Yeah. Right? Which it could change. Well, yeah, no, you know it, it, and it but does. It served the purpose for that time. Well, and that's why right? we talk about like the, you know, the body of work, right? Like yeah, that, yeah. you know, the French ass word that I just used in Ufa, you know, it's like, that's what it is. It's like it a, your like body. Somebody's punching in the stomach. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, yeah. Yeah. Which, which is problematic actually to continue using that word. But I mean, it's, it, it, it's also Everything like one of those things that. Yeah, but it's one of those things that allows me to kind of to say, like, even though that word is French and kind of outside of like a history, I think um, that I, I oftentimes think about what what I'm saying is, is that everything that I make is me, you know, what I'm saying yeah. at one way or another. Yeah. And so the work that I make is still a document of myself, you know, what I'm saying. Yeah. And so. Um, and somebody, somebody may or may not look at that at some point in time and find that significant. But I mean, shit, all artists kind of have gone through periods, um, you know, and so for me it's you know, I'm just continuing to try to, uh, to allow myself to go through changes and hold myself to certain, um, standards and, those yeah. sta- and, and for me, the biggest standard is, especially right now is just making sure that that I'm expressing myself, um, yeah, you know, with authenticity yeah. or integrity, I guess. So I want to go like way, way back um, to kind of clarify something. Uh, you said that in your work, you're dealing with the idea of what a portrait is mm-hmm. and kind of challenging mm-hmm. the idea of what a portrait is and all those mm-hmm. things. Uh, can you expound on that a little bit? Like, yeah, this? like I mean, so, so currently I'm thinking about um two different actually let stop for one second so most people know what a portrait is but just yeah. in case let's just put that out there portrait is generally thought of as a photo photograph mm. of a person yeah right like like, just, like a description of yeah. their likeness yeah so um anyway go ahead yeah and so i um there are two people that I, i've been looking at lately um one was uh cynthia freeland who is She's a philosopher, actually, from uh, U of H. She wrote this book called Portraits in Persons, and she kind of laid out what a a portrait is. And uh, for her, a portrait is um, something with a mental state, um, a person that, um, what is it? Uh, A a, a person that, that well, you have a portrait when the subject can represent themselves and can reveal a mental state and there's an agreement on what is taking place in terms of a portrait being made. And so that's from a philosophical standpoint. But then um, Cheryl West, uh, who is also, well, who is an art historian, talks about how likeness is, is a huge part of portraiture um and she goes on to just talk about the historical standards of portraiture and what 
I thought was really important about her using this idea of portraiture making central likeness. I, I had to think about what likeness is, especially in Western art, you know? Yeah. And so for me, when we're thinking about looking at our likeness and mental state and representation, those things do become very political. And so um, in terms of thinking about what who has power and what is power. And then I also think about the the burden of love, which is something that, that is really, it's not just important, but it's also a way that I start thinking about power because I think about, well, love is not it's it's a power that wants to give itself up yeah you know it's a it's a power that wants to distribute itself and so love has power but love is is endlessly giving power it's endlessly empowering and so under some of the things that i've read and so i'm continuing to deal with that and so for me when i'm talking about like what a portrait is and challenging what a portrait is then what I'm challenging is, well, whose likeness are we looking at? Yeah. Are we looking at a portrait as someone being human? And then how does that translate between all of us? And then I start thinking about representation. Is yeah. a person representing themselves? Um, are they letting me see us see what it is that um, that is important to them? Like if I say, can I take a portrait? Well, how are you going to present yourself to the camera to me? And to the viewer, um, in a, like how are, how are you going to do that? What yeah. manner? What do you? What is important that people see yeah. at that moment in time? From the small things to the yeah. big underlying things. So it's like, hey, let me take your picture. Exactly. And then, you, are you going to put up a peace sign? Are yeah. you going to do the prison squad? Exactly. Smile, and so then, what do I? How do I respond to your representation of yourself? Do I yeah. be like, hey, man, could you not put that goddamn peace sign up? You know what I'm saying? Or could you not smile? Um, which or could you do something a little less cliche, yeah, something more right? authentic? Yeah. yeah, and then what does that mean? You know what I'm yeah. saying? And yeah. so, like me impacting somebody's body in some way, um, I'm just thinking about the nature of that. Like, what is yeah. the nature of a, a, an artistic sitting, and what it becomes important? And so, um, that's interesting because, like, in the in the idea of authenticity, it's kind of like, well, shit. Is that authentic? Yeah. Like, is yeah. that manipulation authentic well, and or then, am I inflicting my hand upon your being? Yeah. And, like, you know, kind of like, what is all that? Yeah. And thing? then the definitions get real crazy because then we're, I mean, they get confusing. Well, not confusing, but they, they have multiple meanings. So, say, for instance, say, for instance, um, representation. Yeah. We're not just talking about how, say, your body is seen, say, if you being a black male, but also um, what are you representing? Like yeah. you're representing yourself, but then the representation of that product in yeah. a specific space. Like, what does that mean? And so it's not just about how a portrait is made, but it's also about how a portrait exists and what spaces it exists in. And so all of the politics of making art where we're talking about love where we're talking about love as power, where we're talking about power, where we're talking yeah. about looking and representation, and then not let alone mental states, because the mental state yeah. creates this. We can get into conversations about autonomy and a person being in their own space and their own um, having their own life. How do you depict that in a photograph, in a portrait? Um, yeah. Which, I mean, you know, uh, 
that becomes really important, especially anytime having to do with like the Renaissance and on. And yeah. especially now we're worried about like, you know, the psychological space, the philosophical ideas of a person and how do you depict that? Um, and then I'm coming through inevitably as an artist, you know, and so I'm just thinking about, you know, how to deal with that. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I mean, so all kind of things in, in portraiture, but a portrait, like I said, is that mental space, autonomy, representation. Um, but it, it also is about a likeness. Yeah. Okay. A likeness of humans, you know, yeah. a likeness to humans. Yeah. Um, so in your process, like, well, what is your process? And then within that, like, what's the most important tool? Yeah in your process of creation other than the fucking camera. Yeah. Cause, I mean, well, like my, my process, <laughs> I, I guess I think about like where work is being made. I guess the process doesn't change too much, but sometimes it does in terms of getting sitters because sometimes you talk to people beforehand and yeah. sometimes I'll photograph people. I'll set up and just be on the street and, you know, whoever comes along, I photograph them or I, you know, you curate people. Like some people you don't ask to take a photograph. And so that's a way of making a decision. So, the practice of being a photographer can sometimes be kind of, um, you know, a lot, a lot different. I think about being in the studio. It yeah. becomes for me as a photographer, a mental studio, a mental space, time on task, you know, yeah. um, versus just me going into the studio, which that happens too. like, I'll just go in the studio to be in that space and to think about art problems. So it, it varies. But for me, um, the biggest thing is just obviously just an idea because that is going to change how and why I make photographs and where I make photographs. Yeah. You know, I'm both of the projects that I talked about um, that I'm talking about and I am working on are working are, are are happening in two different spaces. One is is in different cities and a lot of times it can be outdoors. A lot yeah. of it is outdoors to show the the city and the architecture off. Whereas the other project is is happening in the studio. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I, I keep I keep that open and I, I like that I work differently. And a lot of times it's funny, too, because I'm not I'm interdisciplinary, um, but a lot of things end up being photographs, you know. So yeah. like I, I'm and it's not something that I say I'm a photographer. I do. I think about the lens. I think about the nature of that. But like right now I'm photographing I'm photographing sheets of paper that have handwriting on them and that stand as portraits. So that that document that i'm making those photographs of that paper that i'm making is still a portrait in a crazy way but then it could also be still life or whatever yeah. you know yeah. so um i think for me it's just it's really about what the concept calls for rather than sitting up there and being like yo i don't fuck around with like you know printmaking and stuff yeah. like that like i'm always open to where like if that is what it has to be then that's what it's going to be but i also yeah. don't have like I don't have an enormous body of work behind me to where, you know, I can even look back at 10 years and be like, yo, like, this is how I work. Um, but I just, I, I, even like my, my process students, is yeah. A, B, C, yeah, but B, I teach, it's not that linear. But I don't, I don't know if my process will ever be something that's very linear. Like, cause yeah. I just, I believe that, you know, even if I use a different camera, I'm using a different medium. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, like that's not, any less interdisciplinary um, than somebody saying I'm a, I'm a, I'm a make prints or yeah. I'm a paint, you know, yeah. it's like, 
you know, maybe I use a four by five, which is film, you know, yeah. um, but then maybe I use a medium format or maybe I use a small camera because I can move faster. Yeah. You know, um, and, and it's, it's a faster camera. So that type of thing or maybe I use like, you know, I use ambient light or I won't, you know, so there are many materials within my practice that a lot of times we think, OK, well, you know, this cat, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, sometimes I get down on myself because I look at other people like, damn, man sculptures you know what i'm saying like, yeah. damn, i'd be tight i don't really do that but it's like at the same time you can't yeah like, <laughs> yeah yeah like can. like i mean but the vastness of the tools that i have at my disposal yeah. is very real um yeah. even within dealing with optics and dealing with yeah. you know um i mean even there's camera cameraless photography you know what i'm saying um the way we see it and so um so yeah i mean i'm just you know i'm making work just like anybody else but a lot of times i am thinking about you know uh photographic processes as we know it yeah all right so at this time let me jump into my rapid fire questions yeah yeah, yeah. um this is where you are supposed to be succinct all right okay all right so uh actually well yeah so rapid fire and then i have one last question yeah and then we'll be good cool um so uh how did i lose my train of thought that quickly that's terrible um what do you want your legacy to be uh man i just want to make work i mean i don't feel like i I, i'm not a cat that like came up and you know i mean i've worked out of san antonio and i'm not knocking san antonio but i'm just saying like I know I got to work and, and things don't happen overnight and sometimes they do, but I can't control that shit. So yeah. I'm just trying to make good work. And, and increasingly I am thinking about like my children seeing me work and my yeah. children like understanding the possibilities of even being an artist, it becomes really important to me. Um, so my legacy, man, I'm just trying to really, if I'm not, if I'm not loving, then like I ain't doing the shit right. Yeah. And, and so like, I mean, maybe love, you know what I'm saying? Maybe love and good shit. Like, those two things, you know? That should be a fucking t-shirt. <laughs> I'm going to steal your idea, and that's going to be an explanatory <laughs> combo podcast t-shirt. Love and good shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's it, though. Just want to make love and good shit. That's it. So, would that be your personal mantra for creating? I mean, I think so. I mean, I I, don't, I would never be like, nah, that ain't right. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, run with that. Run with that. That'll do you shit. well. Yeah. Like, yeah love and good shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right uh favorite three visual artists oh man um roy de carava uh yeah, you talk about that motherfucker barkley l hendrix <laughs> yes. um that makes sense and uh man um visual i don't i mean i i just had to put like i mean i'm just gonna cheat and put like everybody else you know what i'm saying <laughs> like like because I mean, it's a lot of people that I like, but then, um, yeah, I mean, and, and even in visual arts, like it, it would be, it, that would be tough. But so, the, and and to be fair, like those are the cats that, I mean, Dikaraba was a part of my thesis show um, in terms of like impacting me. Yeah. He was an influence. And then uh, Barkley L. Hendricks I'm dealing with now in terms of what I want, how I want want the subject to function in, yeah. in my work. Um and so, like, I mean, it's so many other people that I'm influenced by that sometimes I'm conscious of it, sometimes yeah. I'm not. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I just do those two. And that's almost like it has to have an asterisk of 
like right now. You know. Yeah, saying? yeah. Because so. that that changes. Your favorite three writers. Oh man, um, I have to go with Langston Hughes because like because that was just of course that was just the beginning of yeah. Like I can't I can't get I can't get Langston Hughes his rhythms out of my head. You know, like when I so Langston Hughes, Gwendolyn Brooks, really like which is crazy because. I really haven't read her extensively, but um, we cool, um, and uh, and uh, life ain't been no crystal stair, which I think is just a part of the poem. I don't even know if that's the name of it, but like again, like I can't get that shit out of my head, so it's just a part of me at this point. And then um, Ralph Ellison, man, I mean, damn, like the thing about Ralph Ellison is that his 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 writing is so specific like when he says some shit and you got to go look it up in a dictionary it's exactly how he used it like you know it's no other word that can go yeah. in there and and this shit like i mean it almost brings me to tears because it's like like if i can be that eloquent in whatever it is i'm doing then like i'm killing the game you know yeah. what i'm saying so i those three yeah gwendolyn brooks langton hughes and uh and ralph ellison all right uh favorite three songs oh man uh that's some hard ass shit um, <laughs> that's real hard but i'm i'm going off of stuff that's in my dome right now so i just talked about like black thought and roots and i love black thought and roots i'm just gonna say that the web um off a of tipping point was like just crazy crazy um also um anything by Donny Hathaway just because he can sing everything and I don't think that that comes from anything that's worldly like I mean I think that I mean like they say sing in the songbook but I mean he the dude sings every damn note of his songs like I mean he has endless breath I mean the motherfucker's still breathing even though he ain't you know <laughs> in corporeal form you know what I'm saying even though he he's not he's not flesh you know what I'm saying yeah. right now um and then um are you you just say people or songs? Just songs. Oh man. Um it's funny. Uh this ain't the most loving song at all, but it's it's blues. Uh Howlin' Wolf. Um who's ta- who's been talking? Um, just because he got a crazy ass voice and, and obviously like the artists that we like are not in you know, not perfect. Yeah. Um shit. Sometimes not good people at all, but that song just makes me move and i've been so sensitive to music uh sensitive to everything sensitive to life since becoming an artist which is another thing to where like i can't even like i i've just started to live on a on a different level in making art and um and and so i move to that song you know even when i don't want to you know what i'm saying so yeah there we go dope so that's the end of our rapid fire yeah. section. But my last question for you is actually a question for those out there that want to be a part of the art world, mm-hmm. whether it's collecting, whether it's, you know, them hoping to own a gallery at some point, whether it's somebody that's toying with the idea of making work. Like, what would you say to them in terms of getting started? Like, where where should they start? How should they start? I, I think every almost every artist would just be like, just make some shit. Like, I mean, just, yeah. just make, like, just start just making, like, yeah. just, just make and make a lot. And I think out of practice, and that's what I realize about just kind of with, with humans, I figure, 
I, I realize in, in hi- history um, supports this idea that humans, we just refine shit through doing it. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we've just refined things. Like the more you do it, the more you come in contact with something, the more you scrutinize it. And then you're like, ah, yeah. man, you know, maybe I need a little more sugar. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but you don't know that unless you taste it enough yeah. times. If there's really nothing there yeah. to taste, you don't know what exactly. the hell it needs. Yeah. Exactly. So you need, you need product. You need yeah. product for yourself so that you can review. You need, for you sure. need landscape to, for sure. you know, and so, um, I always say time on task, which is obviously, you know, like from school, like, yeah. but, but that's what it is. It's like putting that like, or, or in graduate school, we call it uh deliberate practice, man. Yeah. And, and deliberate practice can happen anywhere, whether it's in school or out of school. It's like, just get the practice in and be conscious about it. So yeah. just do it. I mean, and I think, I think after making and making and making or while making and making and making, ask yourself questions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what am I doing? Who am I doing this as part of? Like, what, what community am I yeah. a part of? Um, and, and, but at the same time, just be open to change. I think like yeah. do the shit out of it. You know what I'm saying? And then ask yourself what you're doing, understand where you are and then, then make decisions, be open to decisions, man. That's, that's it. Yeah. For sure. I think that's a perfect moment to say, um, well, to suggest reading for everyone. Yeah. If you haven't heard of the book Art and Fear, it's a book Tony actually put me on um, by Ted Orland and David Bales that talks about just that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have heard of the book 10,000 hours or the, the theory mm-hmm. of 10,000 hours that um, Gladwell, uh, Malcolm Gladwell talked about um in his book um you'll enjoy art and fear Mm because it basically takes that idea and puts it in what like what is like 100 pages Mm -hmm. like (laughs) very succinct 100 pages where they talk about just do the work because that's how you learn everything that's how you'll get there you'll refine these things you'll you'll learn more about yourself you'll learn more about the process you'll learn you know everything you need to know mm-hmm. by actually doing the damn work yeah. um with that said this has been another episode of explanatory comma podcast and on behalf of raquel simone even though she's not here with us in physical form uh uh i'm still thanking on behalf of her but um to my brother thank you for doing yeah, this man no we appreciate you um hopefully you know those of you out there listening are able to get something that you need or something that you want or at least you know even if you hate us oh well uh either way uh thank you for listening and if you have any questions comments or concern drop them off at the website explanatorycomma.com or hit us on instagram arts explanatory comma um and actually tony can you tell the people where you can be found online yeah, yeah, yeah. um my website is afrancisart.com and uh i'm on instagram as um at anthony c francis all right so once again thank you guys for listening tony thank you for sitting and talking with me like we always do i mean it's not like this is new shit uh but anyway thank y'all for listening we'll see y'all next week when raquel simone will make her uh long-awaited return thank you peace